Drive out humanity from our hearts. Open the eyes of Maranatha, my heart. our hearts, Lord Jesus. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. We present our hearts as a living sacrifice. To see you, I lift it up. Shining in the light of your glory. I love classic worship. As people tune in, I pray they just get blasted by angels. Blasted by heaven's oil and wine. Right through your whole mind. Touch the screen and receive impartation. Spice Mountains of the Garden of Eden. How's everybody doing tonight? All righty then. <laughs> Anathema snakes and snails. <laughs> Welcome Rebecca to the show again tonight. <laughs> Find it extremely powerful having Rebecca with us. It's like two in agreement and it just magnifies the message strongly. You know, I just see this vision right now of how the chariots of fire were released from the hands of Jesus when they were all two by two in their chariots. <laughs> Special <laughs> unity. It's like that scene in uh, Hunger Games when they're going in, like, and they're just, you know, this one, it's like, and then they light on fire, and it's like, we're going to die or kill everything on our way, <laughs> one or the other. <laughs> Yeah, it turned out really well. Like okay, so what's the sign? Someone can <laughs> post your pictures of the, the sign they make on the Facebook groups. We can use that. That would be great. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I think you got all the audio issues fixed from yesterday. That was kind of a cool echo sound, though. Yeah. But uh, we've been working on it this afternoon and think we figured it all out. Yeah. And, it's a complicated um, setup with two microphones on here, but it's yeah. worth it. Yeah, next time we'll have the, the Morgan Freeman filter on there, so it'll sound like, put with the deep space plus the echo, and it'll just be like, 
you know, everyone knows Morgan Freeman's voice is the closest to the voice of God. Yeah, people are so crazy out there that they like that. Uh, like, they like the bloopers. Yeah, it's nice. Makes it interesting. Get some drunk. Oh, that's, there's a massive sign and wonder for YouTube um, yesterday, if you want to tell them what manifested. That was crazy. The 15-minute, two-hour, it's just like broke. Yeah, YouTube. it looked like we had done some serious damage to the media principality or something. Facebook was completely, uh, not Facebook, YouTube completely broken. Two hour and eight minute broadcast but for several hours. It just said it was 15 minutes long and it would just start at the last 15 minutes. And it said within like five minutes, it said there was already like 400 views or something. So, a lot of crazy stuff going on with electronics, we're used to it, and it's exciting. I got two more days left of Facebook <laughs> probation, <laughs> <laughs> so we can be broadcasting on Facebook, you know, but for the last 30 days being blocked on Facebook from going live, they give me a 30 day live ban on all of my channels and stuff on there. We actually had more viewers consistently simply through using YouTube than with all of our Facebook channels going. So it really didn't make any difference whatsoever. We feel like we're coming into a real fresh new season of a, of a greater glory, a fresh new ministry of higher realms, greater wisdom, greater understanding, and it's going to be an interesting release. I don't think we've ever been this far before in the body of Christ. This is like no man's land out here with the angels so it's pretty exciting the spring feels very significant and uh the enemy is definitely nervous about what god wants to release through this mm -hmm. group of people a lot of training in this group and rating yourself insignificant is actually quite a good thing other people are uh, rate themselves highly to be used of god but when you rate yourself nothing You've been deteriorated through the revelation of Jesus Christ so that you're nothing and He's everything. You know, even though you feel insignificant often, that's the greatest place of being used by God. And I know many people have been broken down by the hammer of the Word. Oftentimes people think wrongly that the Word is to build you up. It's not. The Word is a sword. That's what the Bible teaches. The Word's a sword. It's not to build you up, it's to destroy you completely. It's to chop you like chop suey so that only Jesus Christ remains. And people can only handle so much word, but the ones that really count their lives, like the Apostle Paul, as nothing, can allow Jesus Christ to be really formed in them in substance, in a very strong manifestation and He's going to sustain you by His own word, by His own power. When you are weak, He is strong, it is written. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just see Bobby Connor right now saying, God has found him a, a people that would be weak, not weak in morals, not weak in integrity or character, or not weak in holiness, none of that, but weak in themselves, therefore strong in Him. Amen. And I can see that forming in this group of people yeah. that don't think anything of themselves. You know. What you really need in this generation, what does the Bible say about the sons of God? They're meek shall inherit the earth. There's a meekness and a humility that's essential right now 
to all of your destinies going forward with God. And that's one character quality you just can't grow in Christ without. Those that think of themselves as something become nothing in God. But those that are nothing in themselves, they make room for God. They still have to know God. They still have to allow Him to be formed in their hearts. They have to believe the same beliefs as God. They have to agree with the Holy Spirit about everything. And a lot of that's real rough for the brain. Mm -hmm. But as long as you're humble and you come valuing your humanity as nothing, you can always grow in the spirit of truth. But every area that you value your your humanity as something worthwhile, there's no room for divinity in that whole area of your soul. So you must count your lives as nothing for the life of Christ. And it's not low self-esteem. It's Him. This ain't human. It's not psychology. Get all that human junk driven out of you. It's literally just completely deteriorating the pride of the human being, incinerating daily all the human pride for Jesus Christ. What is humility? Humility is the presence of Jesus Christ because the human being is humbled. What's salvation? The day you first humble yourself and believed in someone greater than yourself whose name is Jesus Christ. If you constantly humble yourself, Jesus will get constantly greater in you. Amen? He's the only one who will ever be great. You understand that? One body of Christ, His greatness shared with the people that don't have a greatness of their own. So their boastings in Christ, their confidence in Christ, those who know their God will do great exploits. There is a confidence of being drained of your humanity, and that's where everyone needs to go. That's what the river is ultimately for. It is water, the most corrosive substance in creation, that eats away at your humanity every day. A people that will allow the river to completely deteriorate the human being with no desire to embetter it. False Christianity is to embetter and make better the human being. True Christianity, keep that snake on the pole dead. Amen. Keep that serpent hung on the pole dead. That thing ain't allowed to talk. If it talks, it's lies and blasphemy only. We don't allow the beast to talk in our churches, the Apostle Paul says. Amen what's written. We don't allow the snake nature, the flesh nature, the unrenewed nature, the carnal nature. Now the carnal nature, here's the part where you deal with when you get into the charismatic giftings. That the carnal nature can speak and sound like all the charismatic stuff of God. And it's not God at all. That's when you really get into the danger zone. Is when you get spiritual Apart from crucifixion, you've separated Shekinah from God, which means you're exactly like Satan and the angels. The whole curse of the fall, the fall of the angels, was the separation of their stars, that's what Revelation says, from the Father. What are stars? Stars are called Shekinah, sources of Shekinah light in Genesis 1, day 4. So it's to separate Shekinah from the Father, That is the danger zone. And that's a zone the charismatic church has never overcome yet. We're only 100 years into the charismatic church. Mm -hmm. Charismatic church only started on this planet 
about a hundred years ago, about 1800 years, most all scholars say that the signs and wonders almost completely died off with the apostles after the first century. So you got about a majority, 1800 years, where there's no charismatic activity. Now, since Azusa Street, the reintroduction to the charismatic Christianity, you are learning how to deal with supernatural spiritual things in the heavens above. We've dealt with it really for the first hundred years in the earth below. First hundred years was terrestrial. Now we're, we're opening up the celestial to go up into the higher, more mature realms of charismatic activity. And it's exceedingly charismatic up here, and it's exceedingly easier. These are the realms of the resurrection and eternal life. These are the realms of lightning. Every instance, if you study the scriptures, when it deals with signs and wonders in the terrestrial, they're regular. When it deals with signs and wonders in the celestial, every time it says great, great signs and wonders. Everything is magnified and has a great in front of it in its description in the Bible when you go from terrestrial to celestial. So you've had gifts of the Spirit in the terrestrial. So what are you going to have in the celestial? Great gifts of the Spirit. Spirit's in the celestial with the Word and the Father, 1 John chapter 5 says. We're coming into a time of the great gifts, the greater gifts. What's a greater gift than speaking in tongues? Reigning from the sun. Amen. That's a gift. It's all a gift. You read uh, Revelation 2 and 3. There's nine overcomer gifts, and they're all celestial. Every single one says the requirement is to overcome the terrestrial, which is the gifting in seed form in the terrestrial. Overcoming the terrestrial in the spiritual seed form which opens up the greater manifestation of the seed of the gifting in celestial form. Every single deposit, like 1 Corinthians 14, can be built up into the cosmic angelic spheres and has an eternal kingly virtue in it. It's true. So when you get built up in tongues, what does it mean? Speaking the language of the spirit of fire? It's causing your speech, the heavens bring forth speech from the celestial realm that rains upon the nations like light rain, where you're not just praying from the earth and from the dirt and it just covers yourself. Because of your elevation, it covers planetary systems. It covers the universe. So everything as you rise from the dead gets super ultra magnified. And that's how your faith gets bigger because now it affects a lot more people than just you. Yeah. Now you're over regions simply by going up into the secret stairway of the sky. Amen. Amen. Encourage yourself in the Lord with this scripture too. Those who lose their life will find it. And that's what he's talking about. Those who lose their life will find it. So all those things that we have that death grip on of my identity, who I say I am, who people say I am, all those different things you can go back and forth, reasoning back and forth, but until you get up on the cross and surrender that and just put it to death, it will no longer be you who lives, but Christ in you, and then you will walk with the mark 
of God on your forehead, the inscription of the living word of God. And that carries the name and the image of Christ and him crucified. So now you walk around with who he says you are. So when the enemy comes to say, who do you think you are? And when God comes to say, who do you think you are? The image bearing that your father is looking for, that he's looking to develop in you, to grow in you, to build in you, is the image of Jesus Christ, which is, what is it written? What did we talk about yesterday? He is the image of the invisible God, the invisible light, the uncreated light. So that characteristic, his character, his integrity, his love, his faithfulness, his trueness, faithful and true, his justice, his righteousness, his judgments and his mercy, truth and severity. You have truth with balance displayed in your character through the power of the cross and through his resurrected life within you. Now this is who he says you are, and it's just him being formed in all of us. Mm. But there's a uniqueness individually within you, just as no two snowflakes, how many times have you heard that, are alike. Why are there twins, and why are there, why is there individuality in God's creation, and then why are there twins? The son, one of his names, is a twin. It's because no two of you are going to be alike. You are called and destined to represent a specific aspect of God your Father, in order that those who meet you might gain an understanding of that which cannot be understood. Because we understand in part, and we see in part, and you have your part to play in your destiny on the stage of life to become that specific aspect of God your Father, whom Jesus bore the image of perfectly in all aspects of his nature. And as you reflect that faithfully, in truth, shedding all the false identities that we still have, it's the facade, you know, I'm in this box because everyone just knows I'm like this. Or everyone, you know, oh, this is who you are. You know the little boxes that people have placed around you, you've placed around yourself. For whatever reason, those are what's being shed. It's just, I'm not that person anymore. Now, with family idolatry, that's where it gets difficult because it's like, well, that's just, we know you, we see you every day, this is who you are. You have to be brave to step out of that and shatter that box and say, first of all, you don't have to explain it to anyone. You just be the new creation. Forgive and let it wash away so that whoever, everyone around you in your workplace, in your family, your job, whatever it is, your social circles, they're expecting you to be the same person you were the last 10 years. Well, guess what? Today's a new day. And you don't owe that explanation to anyone to explain why you changed, but the answer is simple. It's just Christ and him crucified, being formed in you to a greater degree, and that's it. So we release to you the freedom to be today, who God has called you to be today, despite who you were yesterday, five years ago, ten years ago, a new personality, a greater anointing, 
that same person who's been complaining to their family the last 10 years is going to be the person who tomorrow is walking in humility and the greater signs and wonders and miracles. Just because you've had hang-ups with your family, that's no excuse to say that you can't be the person who says stop and you stop the highest category of hurricane on the earth with just one word. To empty entire hospitals of the sick with just a word. The greater signs, wonders, and miracles in humility and the nature of Christ. It doesn't matter who you've been. It's who he's calling you to be. And that's this generation. And just keep growing in God-inside-mindedness. Really, um, if you grow in God-inside-mindedness, you grow in power every season of your walk with Christ. The enemy, all he has once you come into Jesus is bewitchment. All sin in Scripture is ascribed to bewitchment, which means you get into externalism again. You get run by your senses and your reasoning. When you began in Christ in you, you forget and get into the natural man and the natural woman. If you can stay repented, which means stay connected to the greater one in you and disconnected from he who's in the world, you'll grow from glory to glory every single season of your life in Christ. It's gory, though. I'm not going to lie to you that you get persecuted, mistreated, slandered, gossiped, because you're rejecting the whole kingdom of hell every day. <laughs> so none of it's based on anything going on around you. It's not based on others. It's not even based on circumstances or situations. It ain't based on the natural realm. It's based on Jesus, the author and finisher of faith, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever as the anchor for the soul. Where's the soul anchored? Out of your belly flows rivers. So what is it anchored to? The source of the rivers that outflow from your innermost being, which means, what's the soul? Your reason, your thinking, your reasoning, and your senses. Smell, sight, touch, taste, hearing. And if it's all anchored into Christ's throne, that means Christ's throne will progressively take over your body until nothing can move you on the outside but you move everything on the outside. That's what growing in power is. It's growing in lordship. Lordship means that you have the ability to lord over the earth. Kingship, you have the ability to be kings over the earth. Priestship, you have the ability to minister to God over the earth from the heavens. God wants everyone to be raptured continuously. What does rapture mean? Repented. Return to the high place. What's the high place? The standard of Israel in the book of Revelation. What's the Israel of the book of Revelation? Christians who've come into maturity to rule the heavens, making it a new heavens where righteousness dwells. Understanding the ability of Genesis 1. I tell you the truth, the promised land is Genesis 1. Could not, could not be more simple. Where you're going is into Genesis 1 realities. Genesis 1 is the promised land of going into the rulership of all the lights of the stars, and then let there be light, which is the seven heavens, and the uncreated light, which is God. God is light in Him. There is nothing created. is absolutely eternal. He's the eternal one. So these different realms of lights, you begin to grow in and understand them. And as you understand light, in His light you see light, you learn how to operate, live and move and have your being. What the purpose of the Word is, why you need the armor of God, why you need a renewed mind, why you need to be set apart from sexual reality. People get set apart from these things and 
you need to know and understand why. It's because the divine nature is set apart from them. It's all to be with God, acting like God. That's what sons and daughters are. And as you begin to obey, you begin to experience it in your life, and you begin to taste the rewards of being with God. What does the Bible say? To the priest, God is your great reward. What's a priest? Anyone born again. Now you can minister to God. How do you minister to God? Through the sacrificial altar of gold before his throne, becoming living sacrifices. Living, living sacrifice requires the believer to be God inside minded. Requires you to understand the source of fire of Christ in you. Realizing the glory, word glory there is the same word for fire, which is the very substance that burns the animal. Which means there can be no fire to burn the animal if you're bewitched. Why do you think there's unmasked bewitchment everywhere in Christianity? Because they haven't realized the source of the altar of fire to burn an animal that can only practice religion, which is witchcraft. Once you realize you have an infinite source of fire, just lay hands on your belly. Right inside your spirit is Jesus Christ. Every word you believe has fire kindled within you. I make my ministers flames of fire. What's a minister? Priest. Why? Because they're the only ones that can burn the animals. What's the new covenant animal book of Revelation? The beast nature, the head and the hand, the thinking and the working of men and women. The earthliness of man's religiousness. That's what burns daily. And as long as you're making some progress and you're, you're teachable, you'll grow in the fire to burn the animal, which means you'll encounter and experience more of the divine nature every single day of your life. That's all God requires for success in him he's he's not asking you right now to just go be apostle paul overnight that's ridiculous he's saying sacrifice this tonight be successful one day at a time today is the day of salvation in hearing the word not hardening your hearts which means what you can do with it today and have the most successful day of your all your eternal life right now which is what being able to hear this word and allow it to consume you. When you're in the word, allowing it to consume you, you're successful in God. Why? Because God gets the glory. What does it mean for God to get the glory? <laughs> it means that God got the burnt sacrifice. God was able to receive through fire you. More of you was burnt to him. God only receives souls to himself through fire. One comes after me who baptizes in Holy Ghost and fire. Jesus Christ leads us to the Father. So what's the function of the fire? It's to burn us into our God, the God of Jesus of Nazareth. Without fire, you'll never be with God. Simple as that. You have ideas about it. You'd probably be condescending, judgmental, and opinionated about others that are walking in it, but you won't have it yourself because only through fire and allowing the fire to burn your humanity do you get engrafted into God. <laughs> You're engrafted into a tree of God the Father's fire. Each step of the way means a greater burning. And as long as your hands are off and head is off, you'll enjoy the fire. A people that love freedom fire, they can run in the fire walk in the fire, eat in the fire, and never come out of the fire. What's the fire? The ever increase of the burnt offering of your body, Ooh. your soul, your spirit into the Father. The Father is himself completely 
made out of fire. God's substance that makes God God is like the sun times a hundred trillion gazillion jillion. Exactly. Times ten. The amount of fire in the Father's unsearchable, unfathomable, uncalculable. It's bigger than anything that can be measured. This is who God is. God is a being of fire. You don't get all of God at birth. That's nonsense. Otherwise, you wouldn't need to grow. You need to grow in fire. The baptism of fire, the Bible says, is the third one in the doctrines of the gospel. Water, spirit, thirdly, fire. fire. The fire is ever-increasing. That one, guys, never goes away. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to be growing in the Father's fire, which is His very name and His nature written on your forehead, forever. That's mm-hmm. the entering of eternity. Only in fire is there ascension, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. Fire is what's necessary for resurrection. Fire was so strong in the resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth that when He came back, He was, he was in, in a completely different, different form. form. Didn't, Didn't look, look like the Jesus of Nazareth that the disciples knew. <laughs> it's the craziest thing if you read that. that. What did He look like? He looked reconstructed by fire. Which tells us when you grow in fire, you get facial reconstruction surgery. Amen. Heavenly... Holy, Holy Ghost, Ghost Botox. Receive it. Receive it in this place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it happened to Jesus, and he's the way. I mean, it's going to happen to you. So don't trust anyone that's not a shapeshifter. Right. Because it's unbiblical. Those who walk with Jesus get changed from one degree of glory to a greater degree of glory. If it's just always hidden all the time, and it never gets through the soul and the flesh, you know why the soul and the flesh is full of Satan? That's why. You You got to get get Satan Satan out of the soul and flesh by rising in the Holy Ghost, obeying the Holy Ghost. How do we get more glory to shapeshift into different likenesses of God the Father's nature like Jesus in the Bible? By obeying what the Holy Spirit's commanding. And the Holy Spirit often commanded right through the governmental leaders of the body of Christ, which are the prophets and apostles. And if you disobey it, you never get off the dirt. You never rise from the earth. You'll never know anything about the secret stairway in the sky. You never come up into the constantly raptured experiences, not just for feeling blissed out all the time, although you will feel it, but you'll be super energized in your spirit all the time. It's really a, a much greater maturity that we bloomed into through 10 years of heavy, heavy, drunken glory glory, revival in Red Letter Ministries. Now, the The wine wine doesn't go away. It's stronger wine than ever, guys. This This celestial wine is better wine than any terrestrial wine we had down in the river teaching on Elijah. And it was a lot of glory, and it was was awesome. But everything with God resurrects, grows, and gets bigger and higher. And at any point that you settle for what's already happened, you stop growing in God. God forbid... We get, we get into, into a manifestation, manifestation even, even drunkenness, mm-hmm. and it's like we, we no longer grow in God. It's the identity, yeah. It's, it becomes idolatry. If you stay in God, you'll grow in everything that God gifts you, including wine, and you use it differently than you did before. This wine can be so strong. I know this wine, the celestial wine that I've been experiencing the last six months since I came up into the sun and into the cosmic realms of the angelic spheres and understanding the cosmos and the wisdom of the first family of Enoch much more greatly through experiences with the archangels in these realms. 
the wine is stronger, the oil is stronger, the wisdom is so much greater, it could not even be comprehended when I was 10 years in the drunken glory. I'm telling you, I had no ability to even comprehend this higher wisdom. What it did was prepare me to be out of my mind to receive more of the Heavenly Father's mind and intelligence. So there was the consecration and sanctification all to make room for more of the Father's divine nature in the vessel. So a lot of the stuff under the sun is simply to just whack the human being to get over themselves, to get purified, sanctified, to make more room for the Father to be formed in you. So we're all about drunkenness. The new wine is here forever. The new wine will never go away. Heaven is likened to a never-ending new wine festival. Problem is, even the best we've had in the charismatic church and in the glory stream so far, it isn't the finished product. The finished product, I tell you the truth, will be on the heavenly angelic spheres when you overcome the cosmos and conquer the cosmos in these realms, you begin to taste a much stronger, more mature wine. And this wine won't just intoxicate the flesh, it'll be like archangel lightning in your spirit. What it will do, though, is it will take your bodies with you. Wine will energize your spirit so greatly that you can fly like Superman. Do not harm the oil or the wine. What is that? The Father's ability getting formed in your spirit. If it just hits your flesh all the time for a feeling, what profit does that have for the spirit? Now that's the immaturity of the wine and the oil, which is totally necessary. It can't be avoided, by the way. I feel like you have to kind of go through it. It's something that you have to go through because if you just avoid that and judge everyone else's immaturity in the wine then it, you cut yourself off from the wine and you're never going to grow. It's better just to get into the wine and really just stay conscious of, you know, preserve purity, the holiness. You consecrate yourself to the Lord in that way and just go wild in the wine, like get out of control and doing what's right. And so just let your body be intoxicated because until you can understand how to drink the holy wine of the Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus, poured out for your sins you're not going to understand right and it has medicinal uses it's, i have medicinal i've got a prescription i've got a m medical jehovah prescription so it's totally legit but um what brennan's talking about and what we've also seen in rick joiner's uh, books where he talks to jesus himself in an open vision and he says you have forever to feel good and you know the, it was the anointing the wine the glory the substance coming out from christ but he was talking about, like what Brandon said, energizing your spirit with it. That's important because there's a war going on right now. So you want to energize your spirit, bulk up your spirit, man. Use the wine to get out of your mind, into the spirit. And once you kind of have that flow going and you understand how to drink, you understand how to get you know high in the spirit, drunk in the spirit, don't put the word down, don't put the sword down. Put the word into your spirit. Mm. The, the bread and the wine is the table of Melchizedek. It's bread mm. and wine, right? Bread and wine, you need them both. So now that once you, let's say you, you're finally getting proficient, you feel the wine, you know how to get drunk. Just lay hands on your spirit, ask the Holy Spirit. It says, ask and you shall receive. Unless you think God's a liar, now you're calling God a liar. Just Give repent. us fresh wine today, Heavenly Father. Yeah, <laughs> it feels good. Your Father's good. If you ask your earthly father for something good, 
He's not going to give you rocks and snakes, Jesus right. said. He'll give you fishes and loaves. How much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit for those who ask him, Jesus Christ said. Amen. So, receiving the Holy Spirit. Wine is a huge manifestation of the character of the Holy Spirit in the scriptures. Oil, fire, wind, water, all these are character attributes of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Ghost. And so, as you get deeper into the Holy Ghost, you get to know all these things about Him. Now, since He is a ghost and a spirit, where do you think He wants His attributes? In your ghost of your spirit. And if they ain't getting in there and it just becomes about something I need in my brain, mm-hmm. like false drugs, like alcohol. My flesh. You know what I mean? My flesh. My Then flesh. it becomes, you can't mature anymore. Right. Because God is a spirit. So where you mm-hmm. see people, like some of the worst people I've ever seen were the ones in the drunken glory, just the absolute scoundrels are just right. the most, some of the most wicked people I've ever seen in my life mm-hmm. were the ones that abused the things of the glory of God, mm-hmm. like the fallen angels, for the flesh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes right. them exactly like Satan. That's how Satan fell, separating Shekinah from the Father whose spirit. Mm-hmm. So now they're exactly like devils, drunken glory devils, mm-hmm. and we've seen that all over the place, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Tons of them. But there's a remnant that still puts it into the spirit. Why? Because they like him more than themselves. Right. It ain't about me feeling a certain way. It's about him feeling a certain way. We don't care about our lives. They loved not their lives unto death. Revelation 12, 11. That's how they overcame the devil. Which means, how do I keep loving him more than myself, overcoming anything in my life? Everything you get and experience, everything you learn, you make it for forming the same person of the Holy Spirit in your spirit. Mm -hmm. His person is not formed in you when you're born again. You get a taste and a seed. You get a seed of the Holy Spirit, the Bible Mm -hmm. says. Your job is to allow that seed to consume your whole spirit. So your spirit's like fire. Your spirit's like living water. Your spirit is like wine. Your spirit's like oil. A spirit Mm -hmm. that knows how to produce oil. What does that mean? That the nature of the Holy Spirit is formed in your spirit. And it's not about your soul, how you feel. That's nonsense. It's not about your emotions. It ain't about soulish garbage, guys. It ain't about just putting band-aids on you to make you feel good in your humanity. That's blasphemy. This is about the Holy Ghost replicating Himself in your spirit until your spirit is functioning like the Holy Mm -hmm. Ghost, like Father, like Son, like Father, like Daughter. Otherwise, you miss the whole point of being a disciple of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And it becomes about you. You can't stop thinking about yourself. You're always fallen short or you're always prideful but if you make it about the holy spirit and this is what you have to do otherwise you'll get distracted but if the holy spirit is your god and his attributes are what are being developed in your spirit you can't get hung up on nothing because it's like where else am i going to go i'm going to stay with the holy spirit keep allowing more of him to be formed in my spirit that's the purpose of receiving the holy spirit The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not one time. In the fire, more of the Holy Spirit is formed in you than any previous baptism. 
Because the parts of you that contradict the Holy Spirit's nature, what does fire do? Burns them off. What's being burnt off? I tell you the truth, everything. Everything, even your name. All the good, all the bad, all of it. You have an earthly name. Forget about that. That'll be burned off too. Mm -hmm. Just like Abraham became Abraham, you'll have a celestial name. Not until Abraham saw stars, mm -hmm. your descendants, in the celestial realm, was his name changed from Abram to Abraham. There will be a name change. Name represents nature. A nature change where you're altogether different. You were one way in the celestial, even in the technon, in your Christianity. When you mature by allowing the Holy Spirit to build you up, because if you read the Bible, nothing gets you up there except the Holy Spirit. Jesus said the same thing. He's the only one that leads you into all truth. And there's a remnant that are really allowing the Holy Ghost to be formed in them in mm -hmm. his whole person. Not picking and choosing little pieces, mm -hmm. you know, and my little society and what mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit can fit in my society or my culture or even my gender or my education or my, my financial bracket. All this nonsense of the natural realm, you just got to burn it. Holy Ghost doesn't limit himself from being formed to anyone. We limit him. Take off the limitations and understand the purpose of Holy Spirit sent from Jesus Christ. What did Jesus Christ mm -hmm. say? It is profitable, even exceedingly mm -hmm. better, that I ascend to the Father and send you the Holy Spirit. Amen. Which means it's way worse to have Jesus with you. It's exactly <laughs> what he said. Why? Because then it's just him. He's perfect Jesus and no one else. But he said it's exceedingly beneficial that I go away and send the Holy Ghost. Why? Now you can understand through experience what it's like to have your whole spirit transformed and grow into the likeness and nature and name of the Holy Spirit. So when I come and meet with you again, you're like a fire being. And I can talk to you on a different level, mm. at a much more mature level. Otherwise, without the Holy Ghost, you could never have your inner man transfigured to ever relate to Jesus about anything. You could never be his friend. Hey, you could, friend. You could never be the friend of Jesus until the... <laughs> full person and all of his abilities of Holy Spirit are formed in your spirit. Not your soul, not your flesh, in your spirit, burning your soul, burning your flesh, which is your daily dying to self and living to Christ. Amen. Amen. I think it's time. Can I share this one? Yeah. It's a friend. A friend of God. Uh, if you saw on uh, Facebook, I posted that Bob Jones video. It was him, I think, and like James Gall. And they're talking about Jesus as knowing Jesus as a friend, and you know, uh, whoo! I was watching part of my uh, whoo. It's so much. It's so much, uh, man. And uh, yeah, to anyone you know watching this right now, who wants to be a friend of Jesus? Just raise your hand. Who wants to be a friend of Jesus? <laughs> hey, me too. You want to be his friend, like a really close friend, like a good friend. Wouldn't it be cool? Okay, so you know how friends get matching tattoos? I was talking to him the last night. Wouldn't it be cool if we got matching tattoos on our, you know, thigh that's like faithful and true, you know? Like matching, wouldn't you love to have matching tattoos with Jesus? Or like the name that's written on his head, like get that written on your head? Or the names that the Father has written on his hands? Getting those, I actually have those in the invisible realm, some of them. He has the words on his hands, the Father. And uh, these angels showed up with like visible things of light and they um, needled my hands, my invisible hands with their 
ink. It looked like ink or something mm-hmm. dipped in with a feather, but it was a feather, like a quill tip kind of feather thing on my hand. So mm-hmm. getting, be best friends with God, get matching tattoos, the whole thing, the whole <laughs> shebang. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's not cool. And uh, yeah. Glory. And maybe Jesus will get a matching tattoo. I'll share this. This one, I'll share this one publicly. I saw Jesus get a matching face tattoo to match Brandon. Oh. Yeah, you know, he has so many You've faces. Never told me that before. I know. That's pretty cool. I had a lot of secrets. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, get, get a matching tattoo with Jesus. <laughs> maybe he'll get a matching tattoo with you. It's great. Okay, I love. It. And he appears in different ways at different times. And so we're watching this video last night, and then finishing it this morning. Bob Jones. And then they're talking about, you know, Jesus as, you know, he met him as an angel, Dominus. And they looked it up in one of Spanish names, it was Don. And it was about, it ended up being about, you know, being a friend of the Lord. But he appears in ways, because he's like, yeah, you'd be too emotional if I just showed up as, you know, myself, Jesus. You wouldn't even hear anything I'm saying. You're just like, oh, it's Jesus. He's like, eh. You know, we do that sometimes. Like, you can't even hear what he's saying, because we're just like, oh my God. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. but uh, so he appears in this way, and they were calling him Don, and the other guys didn't really believe him. And Bob was like, "Oh, you guys, your unbelief." Uh. And then so they end up having encounters and visions, and all this stuff happens. They're like, "Was it Jesus?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I told you guys months ago." <laughs> and so all the signs and wonders around Don started happening. And so I started listening to that last night. So I go to bed last night, and sure enough, I'm in the spirit realm, and I'm going through this whole dream. And there's my friend. I've seen him before. I was like, oh, it's my friend. And we were, I was making him laugh. And I had these, like, um, what do you call them? What are, there was these white, clean linens that I have with a special design on them, like the blue lines. It looks like the ones from Brooklinen. Like, you could literally go online and buy it now if you wanted to. It's not a paid advertisement, by the way. This is not, this is not supported. Uh, but it was like what I was doing, how I wrapped myself in my linen. It was like, it was weird. I don't know, it was hilarious at the time when I was doing it. And he was like copying me, like, oh yeah, show me, how do you do it? And I was, it was just like the biggest smile on his face. It was just, we were having such a fun time, just being ridiculous. And I was just like, man, this is like, this is, weird. I know this guy, this is my friend. Like, we are, I, I love my friend. Like, this is, he's awesome. And I was, man, I was not expecting to see him there. I was so happy to see him. And I woke up, I was like, oh my gosh, that's Jesus. That's one of his forms he appears to me in. And I was like, whoa, that was in the Bob Jones video. He appeared as a friend. And I was like, oh, cool. Okay, so I got to share it now. Finished watching it this morning. And then I go to my hair appointment today. And my hairstylist, you're never going to guess, they start talking about their friend, Don. (laughs) I've never heard them talk about this person anytime I've gotten my hair done. And it was all I could do to not just sit there with my mouth hanging open like, I'm sorry, please keep talking. What? <laughs> Who? Okay. I was like, and then I was like, on the inside, on the outside, I'm like, oh, great. And on the inside, I'm like, it's happening. It's happening. Got to text my friend. <laughs> anyway, so I'm sitting there thinking about being a friend with Jesus. And then I said, well, what's the daily bread? Because how did I find that video? How do we find these videos? Sit down, and you can remember this. So tonight, when you go and you browse, whatever, you sit down, and you just get quiet for just a second. And what's, what do you want to watch, Holy Ghost? What do you want to watch? What do you want to do when you listen to you? Read a book, watch a YouTube video. What's the thing? And so I just sit there and wait and listen. 
And then you might faintly hear something. You might hear a book of the Bible. You might hear something, but I heard Bob Jones. Okay. So I go YouTube, because that's what I saw was YouTube. Click, and then you go into the search. Bob Jones. This is just literally, you can do this every night. Well, how do you know which one to watch? Remember our lesson on Holy Ghost highlights? The same way that he highlights the scriptures, he'll highlight the YouTube videos. So you just scroll over until it's like, no, no, no. And then, boom, it'll be the one that's the Holy Ghost highlight. And so that'll be your bread. And there'll be then, like, that's when the synchronicities, the signs, the wonders start coming, is when you wait and then you listen. Then, you t then he tells you what to consume, what to read, what to watch. And if you can't hear it, just read anything. Uh, real quick, this is what you told me about. If it's a starving child, like if your inner man is a starving child, eat something, don't die. That's not like, well, should we go to In-N-Out Burger? Should we order a pizza? You're like in survival mode. Eat something. Stay alive. Feed the eternal dimension. Feed me. <laughs> Eat something, and then you'll be able to hear more accurately the more detailed word he wants to give you. Oh. Yeah, so then it's going to be like fine dining. Okay, let's have a steak dinner tonight. We have this specially prepared sauce that took like literally, you know, 24 to 48 hours to make just the sauce. And the steak, oh, we've been dry aging that for like a month at least and just in then that's when you get into like the fine dining of the spirit realm and all that work you do for like a month with the lord is all to curate this one meal and it's just like oh that's delicious so that's how you kind of and every day you taste of that goodness and keep going so anyway so that all happens and then today i'm like wow okay don or um, another nickname I have from that form is Shorty Guzman. <laughs> anyway, but um, I said, okay, so, well, what do you want to read now? We have so many materials to look at this or that. So I sat and I listened, and this is what he showed me. And I opened it up, and miraculously, this book that I've never read is already open on my Kindle. Jian Guyan. Song of the Bride. I kept hearing him say, Song of the Bride. Now, when I uh, went downstairs today, I heard birds singing again. He's talking about spring, like Brandon said, spring. So let's hear this. Uh, this is just a fresh loaf of bread from the Spirit today. And it really touched my heart. Oh, my dove, that art in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the stairs, let me see thy countenance. Let me hear thy voice, for thy, for sweet is thy voice. And thy countenance is comely, my dove, says the bridegroom, my pure, chaste, and harmless dove, who is concealed in yourself as in the secret places. And who is there hidden in my wounds? Hidden in my wounds, which are the clefts of the living rock. Hmm. Let me see your countenance. But why do you say this, O bridegroom? Let me see your countenance. Is not your beloved wholly turned toward you? Why then do you beg for a sight of her countenance? So you're hidden in his wounds. And he says, let me see your countenance, it is written. 
But why do you say this, O bridegroom? Is not your beloved wholly turned toward you? Why then do you beg for a sight of her countenance? That's you. She is, as it were, wholly hidden in you. And you do not, and do you not behold her? You want to hear her voice, and she is dumb. I love this part. And she is dumb for everyone else but you. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, double meaning there. Okay. Oh, admirable invention of divine wisdom. Divine wisdom. That's what we're sta Ooh, standing at today. Hakma. Admirable inv invention. This is the today is the sacrifice of our worldly wisdom for divine wisdom. Oh, admirable invention of divine wisdom. The poor soul, thinking that to correspond to her bridegroom, she must continue, as formerly, now listen to this, to contemplate herself, and sink still deeper within, endeavors to do so with all her strength, but the contrary is what is required. Oh. I hope somebody caught that tonight. But the contrary is what is required. He calls her outside and wants her to leave herself. And for this reason, he says, let me see thy countenance. Let me hear thy voice. Turn toward me for I have moved my place. He assures her that her voice is sweet, calm, and tranquil. That in this respect, she is like her beloved whose voice is not one that is heard by loud speaking, thy countenance, he adds, is comely. The superior part of your soul. Mm. Yetzira. The superior part of your soul is already fair and has all the advantages of beauty. That's the son. Son of Yetzira of the tree of the soul. There is only one thing lacking come forth. So what is a superior part of something? Situated higher up, of a higher rank, quality of importance, synonyms of superior, we're talking superior part of the soul, of higher rank, quality or importance, courageously or serenely indifferent as to something painful or disheartening, greater in quantity or numbers, or superior speed, being a superscript, right? So inscription above. Of an animal structure situated above or anterior, dorsal to another. And especially a corresponding part, a superior artery, right? Heart, soul. Circumcision of heart, circumcision of soul. All right. Uh, okay. It, like a, a more comprehensive part of it, as in a genus is superior to a species. Or the double-edged sword here, affecting or assuming an air of superiority known as superlicious, which is a great word to have in your vocabulary. You're welcome for that. So this upper part of the soul, he's saying she's already gone within herself, in her contemplation. Now he's drawing her forth. Let me see thy countenance. Hmm. If he did not sweetly and forcibly draw the soul outside in this way, she would never leave herself. It seems that she now finds herself drawn outward with as much force as she formerly felt herself stirred and impelled inward, even more so, for it requires much more power to draw the soul 
out of self than to sink it within. Note here that before the soul can come forth and abandon self, she must first be led into her own center. Right, interior journey to the interior castle. The seventh interior castle has to happen first. She must first be led into her own center, having tasted the enjoyment to be found there. It is difficult to induce her to leave it. But if she will only be faithful, she will see how infinitely unworthy is the rest in the created center when compared with that enjoyed in the bosom of the eternal. The sweetness she experiences in her savory contemplation is a sufficient inducement but to leave this enjoyment within, to find nothing but bitterness outside, is a very difficult matter. Besides, by contemplation she lives and possesses herself, but by issuing forth from self, she perishes and dies. Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes, the faithful soul asks her beloved to take away the little foxes, which are numerous little defects that begin to appear, for they spoil the interior vines, which, she says, have tender grapes. They are for this reason very delightful to her, and even more so as she expects to soon enjoy the ripe fruit. How will you be able poor soul, to abandon these vines to which you are attached without being aware of it? Ah, the master himself will permit the little foxes to spoil the vines, to destroy the tender grapes, and to make extraordinary havoc with them. Were he not to do this, you would never come forth, because you are so in love with yourself. And isn't that true? We go to our interior castle. We find the drunken glory. We discover the hope within. Self-reflecting, self-discovery, and love with ourselves at the end of it. My beloved is mine and I am his. He feedeth me among the lilies. O inconceivable happiness of a soul, holy and unreservedly devoted, to her beloved, and to whom the well-beloved is all. The spouse is so enamored with the goodness and caresses of the bridegroom, manifested for the purpose of obliging her to leave herself from within to rise into him, that she thinks that she has already arrived at the height of joy and the summit of perfection and that her marriage is now to take place. She says that her beloved is hers, given to her in whatever measure as pleases him, and that she is his for the whole extent of his will, that he feedeth among the lilies of her purity. He feeds upon his own graces and virtues. He lives upon innocence and purity, that he may nourish us with the same. He invites us to eat with him the meat. He likes the best as he gives us understanding, Bina, understanding. By what he says in other verses, Eat, O friends, drink ye, drink abundantly, O beloved, Song of Songs 5.1. 
and hearken diligent, di diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul, yet Sira, let your soul delight itself in fatness. Isaiah 55, 2. Until the day break and the shadows flee away, turn, my beloved, and thou like a roe or a young heart upon the mountains of Bether. The soul beginning to be conscious that she no longer perceives the beloved, believes that he is only hidden for a night, or rather that he is sleeping in his place of rest. She says to him, O oh, my beloved, since I am under the same roof with you, and you are so near to me, turn a little toward me, that I may perceive you. Let me enjoy the delights of your companionship until daybreak. In this way I may have further evidence of your presence until the shadows of faith flee away and yield to the soft light of vision and unclouded enjoyment. Then remembering the transitory union that she formerly experienced, right, your past experiences, she cries, run quickly if it seems good to you like a roe or young heart that bounds, but let it be upon the mountains. Let me once more enjoy that central union that was so sweet and profitable when it was granted to me before. Why can't I just let me experience you like I did in that, in, in that time past, in that past experience? That mountaintop, that, that high, that sweet remembrance of what she had in the past and going into the interior. Surrendering the will, by night on my bed, I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. Song of Songs 3.1 the soul, finding that the bridegroom does not grant her a favor that she confidently counted on, which he had formerly bestowed when she had not even hoped for it, is astonished at his prolonged absence. She seeks him in her interior, which is her bed. And during the night of faith, right, the night of faith before that vision, unclouded vision comes forth. But alas, she is sadly surprised to not find him. She had some reason to seek him there, since it was there that he had revealed himself to her, and had given her the most vivid conception of his character that she has yet experienced. But, oh spouse, you cannot find him there. Do you not know that he entreated you not to seek him any longer in you, but in himself? You will not now find him anywhere but... Whew, you will not now find him anywhere out of himself. Those who have had little experience may object here. They may say that since it is necessary after all to come forth out of self in order to seek God in himself, it would be more reasonable to direct the beginner to seek him in that way in the first place, instead of sending him the roundabout way of first seeking him within and then without. But this would be a great mistake. For one who first seeks God in God himself looks for him as something quite distinct and separate and as it were, outside of himself. God outside, outside minded bewitchment is what they fall into. He even searches heaven for him. In this way, instead of becoming interior, right, God inside minded, and collecting all the forces of his soul to call upon God as David did, see Psalm 42, his strength is dissipated and wasted. 
right? Years wasted in God outside minded, bewitched Christianity. We see the slender and scattered lines of drawing mutually, approaching and strengthening each other as they near the central point, but becoming feeble and indistinct in proportion as they recede from there. In the same way, the more the strength of the soul is concentrated in its own center, whether employed with knowing or loving, the more it exhibits a greater power of performing its appropriate work. As these lines, however widely separated, are united in the focal point, so the functions of the soul, diverse and distinct at a distance from the center, once assembled there constitute but a single, undivided, though not indivisible point, and are endowed with a singular power of seeking God. Mm, yeah. Which is a description of becoming his friend. And the stages of coming out of the bewitchment into finding him inside you to the distinct person of himself and knowing him in that form through your spirit, which is in spirit. So now you're in friendship with God. That's truly ultimate maturity. <laughs> 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 Amen. Amen. Oh, wow. thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for a people that will, will know you within and then be able to separate themselves from you within and become your friend. True maturity. Glory. Amen. I was seeing for this group of champions what you've gone through so far, all those things that you had to overcome to learn God inside-mindedness, all the old ways, old beliefs, old habits, all of that, it comes to a certain point, like she was saying, you come to that center of the interior castle within of your own self. And from that point, no matter how much you seek for him, within your own self, where it's been the largely the basis of how you've learned from God, understood God, gotten to know Him, experienced Him, there comes a point where He's, he's, he's shifting, and he, He's shaken, He's shaking everything that can be shaken, drawing us out of our own soul. And like Apostle Brandon has been saying this week, the extent, the measure that we're thinking about just ourselves constantly, is the measure that we are still in sin, the sin of pride and self-consciousness. He's drawing us out with those soul powers now used and focused on him, circumcised, drawing you forth to know him. That entire journey inward, the conquering of your interior castles, is to empower you to go up into the heavenlies by the cross of Jesus and him crucified. The word of God rightly dividing the word of God, separating between spirit and soul, and now even between your spirit and his spirit, so that you can be sanctified and cleansed in spirit in order to be fully joined to him. Because there has to be that div rightly dividing 
so that the mind is renewed to this is his spirit who is holy this is my spirit now I'm repenting of iniquity a, a sparkling conscious the very first mention of clear in the Bible clearly and then clear the second mention where it says clear are the clear the clearness look it up on your own time that'll be your homework but it's that clearness the first mention is about clearness of conscience conscience so if there's no clearness of conscience you can't walk on the clear stones do a word search in the Bible tonight for clear and clearly I recommend the Amplified Classic and you'll see that the foundation is a clear conscience that's what's married to God is your clear conscience your spirit Bob Jones said your conscience that's your spirit it's the interior journey and the separation between spirit and soul, between your spirit and his spirit. And now as we're going through the soul tree, he's drawing us, right? He said the superior part of your soul, what we just read in Gian Guyon, it's already beautiful. But, you know, Tifret, we have the sun part. We're halfway, almost halfway through the soul tree. But you're still lacking something. What is that? That's this part of the journey drawing you forth into himself and that is the interior castle of Jesus Christ himself and he's going to lead us into the city of the chosen which is the interior castles of God the Father himself in Jesus name going up higher in the kingdom amen Matthew 3, 1. While Jesus was living in the Galilean hills, John, called the baptizer, was preaching in the desert country of Judea. His message was simple and austere. Like his desert surroundings, change your life. <clears throat> God's kingdom is here. So, the kingdom is in the Messiah. All this ascension and teaching is to go into the kingdom that John said was in Messiah. And now as you go in the kingdom, you rise in the kingdom. It's the kingdom of God. It's a huge kingdom. Every day, all the teachings from God the Father are for you to go deeper in the kingdom. So, what does the Bible say? There's the kingdoms of this world. That's what you're coming out of. All worldliness. All humanness. All earthliness. And you simply do it by going into the kingdom. If you're hearing and obeying the teachings of Jesus Christ, you'll only go deeper in His Spirit into the kingdom every day. You'll make progress every day. And it'll be enough to encourage you every day in your daily bread. What's that? Your daily depths of going into the kingdom. So you're always living in the awe of God if you're going deeper in the kingdom. If you're not living in the awe of God and the reverential fear of the Lord, that means something else has your attention, which is idolatry. And God commands repentance of getting that stuff out of your life to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. What's the righteousness of His kingdom? The Father's ability within the kingdom. Eagerly seek the higher gifts of prophecy. What is that? The Father's ability in His own kingdom. That you may have a, an ability in the kingdom so that everyone around you can go deeper into the kingdom too. 
So I would not have you just hearers only, but doers. What's a doer? Comes from hearing, faith comes by hearing. A doer is one who can multiply the food that they've received from God so that everyone around them gets strengthened. And it's not just, oh, we got to go to the pastor. We got to go to just the leader. You have the leader in you, Jesus Christ. All of you who are born again have the leader, Jesus Christ, in you. Your job is to bring him out. And so the fivefold's job is to get you aware of Christ in you, to be confident in him and to know him within, and then to be friends with him in it within, which is totally sanctified from the world, which is living in the kingdom of his glory. Mm. So the whole word of God is given to you to live separated from the kingdoms of this world in the kingdom that's come. You know, when you're in the spirit, following the spirit, you're going deeper in the kingdom every day. The enemy might lie to you. You might hear some stuff into your head, into your body, saying you're not really progressing. You're better off five years ago. All the devil can do is lie to you. Mm -hmm. And the more you're being lied to, that means you're actually progressing in Christ because he's a liar. Mm -hmm. So you're the truth will come from the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And the evidence that you're growing in the Spirit and deeper into the kingdom will be a transformed life. Mm. The desires for sin, <clears throat> gone. The desires for the world, gone. The de desires for the Father, intensified. Which means there will be a thirst and a hunger in you that you know can't be satisfied anywhere else. You mm -hmm. can't find it in a human relationship, in a husband or a wife. You can't. You can mm -hmm. only find it in Jesus Christ. And eventually, if you find it in Jesus Christ, it might show up in your friends as well so you can have fellowship. But make sure that living God is indwelling those around you. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you find yourself surrounded by sinners and sinners will corrupt all your potential of growing in Christ. Mm -hmm. So the Bible forbids you being around mm -hmm. and practicing sin with sinners. Right. Every Christians. single person that I see out here that's compromising, gets back into alcohol, starts going to nightclubs, right. they start going to festivals, all the dumb crap that mm -hmm. the kids do, none of them ever grow. And they just completely forfeit and destroy mm -hmm. their lives. It's the dumbest, stupidest thing you could ever mm -hmm. do. And you need to just repent of the mm -hmm. foolishness and get into wisdom and start developing mm -hmm. eternal things now. Because later on, you get, mm -hmm. you're just going to be a pile of sin and darkness. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have wasted all those years that you could have been going after friendship with God. So when you hear teaching, understand the importance and the value of going into eternal things. These are the most important things in life. The things of the Word of God, the heavens and the earth will mm -hmm. pass away. But His Word remains forever. It's learning how to get rock solid living mm -hmm. in the kingdom. And then every time you open mm -hmm. your mouth... You can speak God's word into mm -hmm. backsliders' hearts, into sinners' hearts, and you'd boldly proclaim the truth. What did the apostles pray for? That they would open up their mouths and more boldly proclaim the truth about Jesus Christ. They prayed for the boldness mm -hmm. in their mouth to speak about Jesus mm -hmm. Christ to others. And that's what we pray for in all your hearts, that there be a boldness to speak about the things of the kingdom and against the kingdoms of the world, against temporal worthless things, and to go after eternal things mm -hmm. with all your heart, forsaking idolatry, forsaking immorality, and mm -hmm. going after true divine worship in spirit. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Let that zeal and that holy jealousy for Jesus to consume your heart, your mind, your passions, your time, and any other thing that's had that place, that demon in your life, be dislodged. And we just serve that demon spirit. Notice that it's going, and Jesus is going to take that place in your spirit, soul, and flesh today. And there's going to be no other God that you serve with your time, with your money, with your, your flesh, with your thought life, with your hands, with your eyes, your senses. You're going to be consumed by serving Jesus Christ because that's mm -hmm. what you're created for. <clears throat> it's not fanaticism. <clears throat> it's normalcy. Mm -hmm. It's normality to serve God with your whole body. And to not do so is to literally worship demons. And the devil mm -hmm. has so watered down Christianity that people justified the, the worship of devils. So come out of all the devil worship, which, which is, is not, not having, having Jesus, Jesus as number one in every area of your life. Don't even associate with those people. It is written out of all that stuff he's talking about with the, if you hang around with the sinners and your life becomes a pile of sin, the literally the worst ones you can hang out with are those who call themselves Christians. Those are the ones that he says, don't even associate with them. Don't even like, don't even hang out with them. Don't even casually, you know, chat on Facebook with them. Because your life will turn into a pile of shit, literally. You're, it'll be a pile of sin. That's going to throw you way off track. Because it's that which is called Christianity. But if they're fornicating with demons under the sun or over the sun, cosmic, you know, witchcraft, doesn't matter what kind of Christianity they're calling themselves by, if they are the fornicators with demons, without repentance, without understanding, you can speak the truth and set them on the right track, but if you are fellowshipping with those people, you're not going to be on track to be a friend of God. And so it's just, what do you want more? That, you know, that temporary, oof, a pop in your neurons, right? Because you feel a good release of, you know, serotonin and other chemicals in your brain. When you get that little red dot on Facebook, oh, I have a notification. Somebody liked my thing. Somebody messaged me. Oh, they're being nice to me. It, ooh, you know, the animal of the chemicals in the brain and the emotions send the signals through your body and you're like, oh, it feels good to be liked. I'll tell you, this is a, one of the standard procedures from the camps of hell. Standard procedure. Here's the human. Have them rejected and mistreated for most of their life. Make sure you have demons on assignment to make sure that happens. So that happens. They don't know any better. Now, when it comes to a certain point, they start to have their awakening. Oh, look, it's not that tactic isn't going to work forever on them. Okay, now let's change it up. Let's go ahead and send them in the nice fake Christians, the army of Satan Christians. Oh, to feel the nice. Oh, acceptance. Oh, they're being not people are being nice to me now. I feel it feels good. Hormones, chemicals animal nature if you can overcome those imp those are still chemical impulses of the flesh your desire to be accepted by men by women to be liked to be you know entertained anything like that like oh i don't want to feel alone if i just i just need a friend to text to call i can't be along with my own thoughts that is a lack of crucifixion and sanctification when God can be your all, and I'm not saying, you know, isolate yourself. You need to 
fellowship with the true believers who are walking in the upright path of sanctification and righteousness. But if you aren't aware of those things and crucify those things, you're literally leaving the door wide open to Satan's easiest number one way, you know, his easiest plan to throw you off track, distract you, and keep you from rising, or to get you out of the narrow path and keep rising so that you're rising in iniquity. So just be aware of those things. Give them to the Lord and ask yourself, when you're having all those different emotions, why is it that I feel the need to be in constant communication with a human? Why is it that I need to have that good feeling of someone accepting me and that when you are fully understanding and feeling your acceptance in Christ, in the death of Jesus, you're not going to be leaning and relying on human approval anymore, human opinions, your need to feel good from another human telling you something, supporting you. Now you know nothing but Christ in each other and Him crucified. You can tell each other the truth. You can help each other get on the cross every day and die to self. That is true friendship. That is camaraderie. Right? There's the brotherly love and the kindness and all those things, but unless you have the crucifixion in that place, you're going to be all over the map and it's not going to be pretty rising. It doesn't have to be that ugly for you. The whole point of pioneers is we go through and make all the mistakes, or you know, we try not to make as many mistakes by the grace of God, but we learn and we mark out the posts. If you watch the video from Bob Jones that we posted today, he said, his spiritual children aren't going to have to make the same mistakes he made. Jesus told him that in an open vision. He said, they're not going to be crippled like you because they're going to learn from your mistakes. You know where the snake pits are. You know where the quicksand is because you, you walked through that. There was no one to teach you those things. But God raises you up and he teaches you those things so that you can help others avoid the same pitfalls. So when we share these things with you, oftentimes it's costly wisdom that we've paid a price for. Sometimes we learn things the hard way, and so when we share that with you, it's not just to yell at you, it's not just to put you down, it is so that you can avoid the traps, the snake pits, so that your rising will be much quicker, much easier, and much more enjoyable process than what it was for the pioneers that you can be a friend of God and walk with him and then in turn you can learn from what you experience the mistakes that you make and help the next person and so we have seed within you that reproduces seed after its own kind which is the written word of God written on human hearts who also rise and righteousness. Amen. I'm just going to close with uh, three scriptures about holiness. Holiness is the promised land. Holiness is the highest manifestation of experiencing God possible. Okay, mm -hmm. now check this out. 
Let the righteous, this is right where we're at right now, Revelation 22.10. But let the righteous maintain a straight course, and the holy continue on in holiness. Righteousness, you've developed a lifestyle of loving and obeying and following the Holy Spirit as a spiritual person, as a spirit being. What's next after righteousness? 22.10, Revelation says, Continue in holiness and in growing in holiness. So righteousness is practicing divine spirituality. Once you're awakened as a, a righteous person, which is a person who's living as a spirit, following the Holy Spirit as your God and Lord, from that point, the next step is holiness. This is where all of us are at. Now, since we're spiritually awakened, we're spiritual people, we love following and obeying the Holy Spirit, now is the time to increase and grow in holiness. Revelation 22.11, And when that time comes, all doing wrong will do it more and more, and the vile will become more vile. Good men will be better. Those who are holy will continue on in greater holiness. Let's just say, greater Greater holiness. holiness. And then check this out. One of the last verses in the Bible, Revelation 22, 19. God will cancel and take away from him his share in the tree of life and in the city of holiness. So promised land, the final destination of the new covenant has a name. Revelation 22, 19. The final destination of the new covenant is called in the Bible the city City of of holiness. The city of holiness is the purity and hallowedness which are described and promised in this book. means living in heaven with God, with all of God's nature beaming through you all the time. So we thank you, Heavenly Father, for our people now that are awakened spiritually to follow the spirit of truth with every area of their life and to allow the angels to remove the tares and all the sins and all the demons and other gods just be totally anathema from everyone's life as we make the spirit of Jesus Christ our Lord in a greater way tonight. We consecrate our lives to follow you, spirit of Jesus, like the apostles in Acts, following the spirit of Jesus in every area of our thought life, every area of our communication with others, all of our hopes, plans, desires, everything. Today, brand new and fresh, we just give it to Jesus Christ. Every care in our heart, every thought in our mind, we just cast it to you, Lord Jesus Christ, and I ask you to take it off of all the people and lead them fresh and new and brand new, brand new beginnings for everyone in righteousness and in holiness. And let us all learn how to grow in holiness in the brightness of your glory through holiness, that we may begin to see more clearly through holiness, God. Without holiness, no one will see God. With holiness, you're going to see God Mm -hmm. all the time. And when you see God, you're going to be just like him. You're going to be like him in name. You're going to be like him in deed. You're going to be like him. Every area of your life gets transformed when you practice holiness and with holiness comes the vision and with vision comes the total transfiguration of the soul so now the soul is like the seven spirits of God blazing 
right through your soul because you're holy and you can see now. And so now God's purposes and plans are coming right through you because of that level of clarity, like Rebecca was saying, becoming clear, which is holy. Amen. That your whole spirit be holy, set apart for the Father. Your whole soul, your whole heart, mm. your whole brain, your whole mind, and everything in your mind be holy, become clear, and let fresh fire be poured out on all your heads right now from the God of heaven and his angel armies, fire. ministering fire to turn your brain clear, to turn your mind holy, to have vision. Thank you, Father, for imparting into every spirit at the sound of my voice your plans for their lives and let them become clear before them. Thank you for super energizing them, even awakening them to their assigned angels to begin to become radically obedient in righteousness, holiness, and under your authority to be a great soldier in this awesome army in the end times. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Glory. This ministry is blessing you. Give an offering. Ask your angels how much you are to tithe. 20% minimum. Ha, 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 ha. Just ask the angels of God, what am I to do to obey financially Red Letter Ministries? How can I partner with this ministry? And don't come up with your own plan. Hear from God. Get a revelation. Therefore, then the rewards and the blessings and the increase can come from God. If it just comes from self and your own ideas, well, then your own ideas will be a reward. Because it came from self. You need a revelation. Mm -hmm. Now the Bible is a revelation. The Bible is the Word of God. And it says that Melchizedek received the tithes, which is 10%. So if you're not hearing more than that, you can default back to the Word of God mm -hmm. in giving 10% of all the income of your house into the works of the apostles for the advancement of the kingdom. For that is the only purpose of making money down here is bringing heaven to work through the works of God. And so Heavenly Father... I pray for conviction and strong conviction in everyone's finances to become tithers and to be energized to use their finances to build your house with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength and all their abilities and skills and wisdom to create in the marketplace that it all be used to build your house during these times, Heavenly Father, that you'd speak to each one about beginning tithing to Red Letter Ministries and building the kingdom with us and partnering with us in investing in your kingdom works in this generation, advancing cosmic righteous Christianity, and making the promised land real to all believers around the world through RLM TV broadcasting all of our works in Kenya and Africa and the increase of RLM's works in America. You'd speak to them about partnering and tithing and advancing the kingdom in Jesus' mighty name. I pray for blessings to be poured out on all our financial partners in a major way. Doors to be opened up. Breakthroughs, increase, and favor. Supernatural favor that is not human, but divine favor. Angelic favor. Come upon our partners and open doors for increase mm. and influence and economic buying power. That heavy, weighty, kavad financial glory to bless their houses beyond anything they can imagine, hope, or pray for by your ability doing it when they cooperate with you. 
with all of their finances, with all of the works of their hands, all of the thoughts of their hearts, and all of their bodies dedicated as the temples of the Holy Ghost for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. 